0: Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. How you doing, bud? Oh, all the better for hearing that intro. All right, I'm pumped. I am pumped. That was excellent. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, buddy. All right, what are we talking about this week? Um, oh look, it's been so long since a comic book film came out. We Couldn't help but do this one. We had to. We had to. <laughs> uh, we're talking about DC's Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah. Originally. Yeah. Originally Captain Marvel. Fun fact. Uh, but what's he called now, mate? These days, Shazam. Shazam! Well, you gotta say it with more energy than that. Whoa. Say it like you're transforming. But hang on. Shazam! Won't I gain energy once I've transformed? Yeah, but you still you gotta bring some energy. Really? To I can't it. I can't like start off chill. So, you think that he should be like. Kind of lounging like this, like I'm doing now. Great for an audio format, this. And be like, yep. Shazam. Or maybe he should be like Nicolas Cage. He does a bit of a Shazam. And then he starts shouting. Yes. <laughs> Shout Zam. Yeah. Shazam, an American superhero film based on the DC Comics character of the same name. It's the seventh installment in the EU. Seven now. I can't believe we're up to seven of these. We didn't need seven. (laughs) Directed by David F. Sandberg, from a screenplay by Henry Gaydon, and a story by Gaydon and Darren Lemke. Film stars Asher Angel, Zachary Levi, Mark Strong, Jacket Dylan Grazer, and Jimon Hoonsu. Let's just get straight into this. Tell me why you hated this movie, because I know that's where this is heading. I know that you hated this movie. I was sitting there in the cinema watching this going, Toph, I fucking hated this movie. I was sitting Tell there us why. I was sitting there in the movie theater going, Billy's loving this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you hated it, didn't you? I wouldn't No, no, I didn't hate it. Look, it's a, for a bit of light entertainment, it does a job. I think that as far as the DCEU goes, this is pretty high up there. Well, yeah, it is because it's not the worst movie ever. You know what it is, though? The DCEU is continually trying to figure out what it was that made the MCU work. And they've kind of been taking bits and pieces. Like, they started off really grim because at first they were just trying to be different. And then they were like, okay, well, the MCU brought all their characters together, so let's do that with Justice League. But they didn't give it time to build up to that. And then they were like, okay, well, the MCU, they threw some fun music into Guardians of the Galaxy, so let's do that with Suicide Squad. But they didn't think about why or how, and it just ended up bad. Yeah, this this is exactly the kind of film they should have made from the start. From the start. This is the thing. Then we get to Aquaman, and they're like, okay, all right, well- Thor Ragnarok was a comedy, so let's make this a comedy. And it didn't work. And now with this, what they've done is gone, okay, the thing that really got the MCU going from the start was that they dug into their back characters that nobody really knew or cared about. And that's finally what they've done here. And I think it's finally starting to work. I think they're hitting the right kind of tones and stuff that they should have done 10 years ago at the start of this. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see Aquaman because when even you didn't like it, I was like- not touching that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so this is my first uh, dcu film since Ju- wonder woman no since justice league oh justice league was after wonder woman yeah yeah mm. and i mean i helped myself out a bit with this film i was i was like half drunk <laughs> <laughs> i did see your post that you were loitering outside the pub waiting for it to open yeah i was it didn't open until 11:30 I figured it'd open at eleven, so then I was just, I was just that there. sad man standing outside the I was bar, just there on the street. <laughs> I wasn't even the first one in. Really, there were people more desperate than me. I don't know how much you've seen of him. I'm a huge Zachary Levi fan. I, I really enjoyed Chuck. I, having a five year old daughter, I'm a big fan of Tangled, <laughs> and I think he is a lot of fun. And there were moments that, like, yeah, okay, the movie can be really cheesy, and it. It feels a little bit too cheesy, I think. I think they were trying to, you know, really hit that kind of fun market. And at times it doesn't quite land and it's just cheesy. But there are other times where you're sitting there and you can't help but grin and you can't help but enjoy what you're seeing on screen. And a lot of that, I think, is down to the characters and the humour in the film. Yeah, there's there's jokes that really land. Yeah, there are. Is, is the good news. Um, And the concept as a whole, I think, is a pretty funny, well-executed concept. You know, the the fact that he's he's effectively a child in a superhero's body. Yeah, it's the, it's, su- it's the superhero big. Yeah, it and is. we even get the the giant keyboard yeah, on yeah. the ground. And I think a lot of that really works and really lands. Like, th- this is an actual funny movie, I think. And, like, yeah, a lot of that stuff with Shazam himself, like, it, it really does work because he's kind of this, I mean, not quite goofy, but, yeah, you know, there's that kind of, I mean, I love the fact that one of the first things he does is, like, well, sweet, let's go buy some beer. Yeah. And, and when he has to think of anywhere else, they end up at the strip club. And, yeah. like, because he's a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that- And, like, yeah, that stuff, it's good. I laughed at a bunch of it. The thing where there's kind of a bit of a disconnect there is that that's not who Billy Batson is. I, I agree with you. I think there's inconsistencies He's between, He's yeah. a moody little teenager. Yes. Then he becomes Shazam- and he's not. And okay, and some people get could try that. and argue that away with the well. Part of the thing is that you get the wisdom of Solomon, blah blah blah. Except Shazam doesn't have the wisdom of Solomon. I don't. I don't think so much about the wisdom. To me, it's more like like think think of yourself as a fourteen year old and the kind of issues that you have with life, you know, and a lot of his issues as well around abandonment and not having a family imagine that you're then instantly a 30-year-old man and you don't you don't have any of those issues you don't need to think about school you don't need to think about who your mum is you don't you know like i think you would become a little bit more lighthearted in that different mindset yeah but there's just there's very little about Shazam that makes me think it's Billy i agree with you there i do think that the personality shift is Too big, and they're both good. Like the kid who's Billy, I think is good. Yeah, I think I think all the child actors are really good. I think all of his siblings and stuff add a lot to the film as well. Well, Actually, yep. Neither Shazam or Billy is a bad performance. I don't think. Yeah, they're just you're never there going, yeah, that's clearly the same same person. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. But yeah, his like his foster siblings are good. Yeah, I think each and every one of them adds a little something to the film. Like, you know, we spoke about this the other week with Captain Marvel when we were talking about how the problem we've had with DC films in the past is that they try to go, okay, this character will be the comic relief. And I think they they landed that here where it was just pretty evenly spread across the board. They didn't have one silly guy. It was pretty well balanced. Dismissing with with balance and all that kind of thing, we get a – just a stunningly two-dimensional baddie. I was gonna say, my biggest issue with the film is the villain, and it's not even necessarily his motives or anything. he's I just don't find him very interesting. We don't really know anything about him other than he's obsessed about this wizard since he was a child, and we know nothing else about him. I don't know, like it's been like thirty years. There must be more to this guy's life, and we don't know a thing. I didn't even know his name until halfway through the movie when somebody else said it. That's a good point. Yeah, it like that. Even when he's a child, I don't remember hearing his name in the car. It's mm. until much later. Yeah, all all just every scene with him, really. You just like, I don't care. And I like Mark Strong. Yeah, me too. He's great in John Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Probably his best villain performance. <laughs> you know what I do love though is that one of the first characters we see in the film, uh, Mark Strong's daddy is played by Lionel Luther, Lex Luthor's dad from Smallville. Is that right? Yes, and I stand by that Smallville is the best Lex Luthor we've had, and a lot of that is the relationship between him and his father, Lionel Luthor, who is played so well by, I want to say John Glover? I think that's wrong. Anyway, Lionel Luthor. <laughs> and it, uh, it was I was so happy to see him there. The issue for me then is, like I was saying before about the cheese, I do find this entire movie feels like- an episode of Smallville. It feels very monster of the week. It like, and I think it leans into the cheese a little too much. Something I like about it is that the movie gives us a clear definition of what Shazam is capable of. Yeah. Now think about a film that you liked. I hated Venom. There was no point, like, you don't actually know what the entity that is Venom can do. He just does things that are convenient for yeah. that scene. Yep. Whereas in this we have, and it doesn't take up too much of the film, and it's actually done in a pretty enjoyable way. Yes, where when we, they're discovering the powers. Where both he yeah. and we, the audience, find out, okay, this is what being Shazam can do for him. And it's like, okay, sweet. Now we've got this reference of what he can do in certain scenarios yeah. rather than just oh, let's hope something magical happens. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's good. The only power that he learns later than that montage is flight. And that's kind of a bit of a a fun gag the entire film anyway. So you're not there going, oh, how convenient that he can fly now. Billy slash Shazam is far from the most heroic thing in this film, though, because the front windscreen of that bus, (laughs) which plummets... Face down, Shazam catches it on the windscreen. On, wind it, on his hands, yeah, th- that thing would smash. And the windscreen holds up to the weight <laughs> of a bus. Yeah, <laughs> amazing windscreen. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 that- we need a sp- we, that. Th- that windscreen should be part of the next Justice League. It, sh- it should have a spin-off. <laughs> the windscreen, see you. <laughs> I must say, though, I finally understand how it must have felt for all those people seeing, you know, like Black Panther and Wonder Woman, because finally, there's a heroic Billy in a film. Quite right. Billy is always the douchey little dick kid. and Like in real life. Yeah. And finally, we have a hero named Billy. And honestly, I just about cried in the cinema. I was like, finally, I have representation up on the screen. Finally. (laughs) Finally. At, at, when you were a teenager, did you also look like the tether of Maisie Williams? <laughs> do you think Billy looks like Maisie Williams? Yeah, actually, I think they are like <laughs> yeah, separated at birth. That. Well, I mean, you know, we do know that she can transform her face. She can. So, <laughs> crossover. A girl has no name <laughs> except Billy. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe, maybe Shazam will end up in season seven, uh, season season eight. Game yeah. of Thrones, save the day. I've got three episodes to go in season seven until I'm caught up. Oh, in prep mode. So, but you're gonna you're gonna miss, and then I'm you're- gonna miss the second half of the season. Yeah, <laughs> God, I'm gonna text you spoilers. <laughs> I've told you what I'll text you back, and it will not be pretty. <laughs> I, I'm a little unclear on this. Maybe you can clear it up for me can all of his foster siblings now do they have the power to just say it Yep. okay so they are all Shazam here's a little problem that i think the dceu has painted itself into is that with six of these yes. heroes who are basically Superman. basically there's now essentially well they're seven, faster than flash i think it's said even like i think that yeah. a lot of their powers are better it, wasn't there a comic book once upon a time where shazam and superman had it had it out and shazam won it could have happened. I think I heard someone say that once. Right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so now let's- Effectively, there's, like, seven super people. Well, like, with the ability to create infinite- You hand anyone this staff and go, say, Shazam, you've you've got infinite superheroes. So, the next- Whatever the next Justice League type thing is, <laughs> <it'll> like, be- <laughs> what could the threat- Because pos- one of the problems with Superman is that he's too good. Yeah. It's so- it's You just can't come up with credible things that would beat him. Now there's seven. And we know that, so, I mean, Superman, he's, he's walking away from that franchise, so. Does Shazam now have, like, is he, like, the lead, like, shareholder in the Justice League? Like, when they vote in meetings, is it, like, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then seven Shazams? Nah, nah, because um, it's like voting. You've got to be 18. Ah, clever. He's still got nothing. So, I'm assuming that his hot older foster sister is the only one who's 18. Yeah, there's going to be some awkward stuff there where he's clearly in love with his foster sister. And (laughs) it's like, is is this okay? (laughs) That, That was my one other issue. I- I actually really liked at the end when you got the transformations to the adult cast. I thought they were all great, but his foster sister I didn't understand because she was already pretty much a fully grown woman and then she transforms into a quite different looking fully grown woman. Who's like five years older. Yeah, Yeah. and that that I didn't quite dig, but I thought I really liked all of the other characters that we got at the end there. Yeah, I actually thought that whoever played the like the grown up version of the the youngest foster child. Yeah, I thought she actually did a really great job. Yes, of, of being, being the, that same character. the kind of the eight year old or whatever. Yeah, she kind of is. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, let's talk as we often do with comic book movies about visuals. How did you find the look of the film and the effects in general? In terms of the effects, that like. I'm I'm sure they're really impressive, but we're just so used to it at this point that they kind of just wash over me and I'm like I mean, okay, the one thing I effects-wise that I didn't like, and I'm not putting this at the fault of whoever did the effects, I just think it's kind of impossible to do, is a fight in effectively zero gravity. You think of Neo and Smith in The Matrix, and yes. it happens in this film, without the force of gravity taking effect in a fight, it turns out it's really hard to do well. Yeah, I agree. It looked like, you know, punches don't look like they have any impact. You're losing that weight of all of the body movements. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in general, the look of the film, look, I got no beef with it. Even the demons? You oh, were, they, all, you no, were all right be. with the demons? No, they were pretty dumb. They were, yeah, not just the look of them, but just in general, I wasn't... A f- like, our villain was bad enough. Yeah. Then you throw these demons in there. Who there's... They don't have- like, yes, they're all different from each other, but they're not different enough that you're like, yes, that one's Envy. Yeah, that's, that's my issue too. And you don't- you know, like, they realistically don't have that much dialogue where you'd have a chance to get to know which one's which anyway. At first, when they're talking as the statues, it's just kind of this omnipresent voice and you don't know who's talking anyway. And then apart from that, they- like, maybe two of them speak twice- I actually would have liked a little more from them because they had so much more- Well, they had the potential to have so much more personality than Mark Strong that I would have liked if they were a little bit more present. Yeah, enacting the seven deadly sins and having them be that meh. Yes. Is- You know, like you think- eh, That's a waste. When you hear the seven deadly sins, you think of seven. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, like the way that those murders are carried out with such personality. You know, like I was hoping for a little bit more of that. You know, they You Like they could have even played up the cheese, made it a little bit more like Ninja Turtles, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Have Gluttony just sitting around eating Doritos the entire film. I still would have found that something. You know, have Envy like talking about Shazam's shoes or something. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like a little bit of they were already leaning so far into the cheese. I wouldn't have minded if they went that next level because it is that kind of a fun, silly story. Yeah, I think there is a disconnect between the tone of the story and and, and the those tone of the villains. Yeah. That was my biggest issue with the film was that whenever we cut to Mark Strong and his posse of demons, the fun kind of sucked out of everything. Let me ask you about running time, Billy. This was, what, two hours ten-ish? Yeah, around that. How long should it have been? I'm all right with it. Oh, Billy. I'm all right with it. You've I- changed, man. I think. Well, no, look. Yes, I prefer a tight 90 minutes, but it depends on what's going on. And and in this case, I, was right. I, I didn't feel like it dragged. It didn't feel like a particularly long run time. And, yeah, I was, I was pretty all right with it. Yeah, it should have been shorter for me. Yeah, there's a chung, there's coming. a chunk of the film where I'm like there's not enough happening here. I'm actually surprised like, that you're even as positive as you are. I really thought you were going to hate this movie. Oh, just- this this is no venom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind the you know, I liked the relationship between him and his and his younger foster brother and I liked the dynamics there, even like the kind of jealousy and the you know, argue like it's all so typical and and it's so easy to see where it's going. But I still didn't mind the way it was done because I liked the characters. Um, what did you make of his birth, mom? Did you think they got a little bit dark there for the content we were seeing? Yeah, a bit. It's very, and I mean, it is a very serious topic. That's a very serious topic. And I kind of get it. And I actually don't mind. Like, I, I liked the foster family dynamic. I Earlier this year, I saw Instant Family. similar subject matter, less superheroes, (laughs) but you don't have Rose (laughs) Byrne. And, you know, I think that handled it okay. But I actually think, you know, like from a film about foster families, I actually think this did a pretty good job of showing, you know, like the central themes of the film is that, you know, like your blood isn't as important as who you consider your family. Like that's really like the message of the movie, I guess. Yeah, like I like that theme. I like having- the Foster family as yeah actually his family. I think the leap from oh wow my mum really really has no interest in me and had zero interest has yeah. no interest in me to all right just snap of the fingers. I'm now in love with my Foster family. That happened way too easily. Yeah, I agree, and and it it did get so grim for about five minutes there when you when you see that opening scene again and it's from her point of view and you're like holy crap, <laughs> where is this going? Yeah, it's like she actually would trade you for a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. And that's not the movie I'm in, is it? Yeah. yeah. Turns out, yes. Yep. For this five minutes. <laughs> was there a soundtrack? Uh, Queen was definitely in it. I'd really? be interested to know at what stage in production Queen made it in to the soundtrack. <laughs> because- Man, a lot of what I see on TV now has a Queen backing soundtrack. (laughs) Because it is- it is. Oh, no, that's right. It's during the montage sequence when he's discovering his powers that- um, Is it Don't Stop Me Now? That's the only song I recall, though. Which is interesting because these days, honestly, in a post-Guardians of the Galaxy world, that just seems to be the thing that superhero films do now is try and cram in pop songs. And I'm really, really glad that we got a break from that. And, you know, in the montage we did get it, I think it worked. Yeah, I thought it worked there. The, the, the only thing about it that- And this is not the film's fault at all. It's just my feelings towards Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah, is that you're that very like, anti-Queen now. <laughs> and then I have to remind myself, no, wait, I like Queen. <laughs> all righty. So, all in all, sounds like you're five plus. Are you a six? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> Look there's there's things about the film I like and I don't think it's terrible. But so I know I know for a fact that you would not have seen this film were it not for us doing an episode on it. That's correct. Do you regret in any way seeing the film? Would you see it again? I'm I'm not screaming for my money back, but my mind hasn't been changed on whether I needed this film in my life. Yeah. Um I don't think it's bad, but I'm reasonably uninterested and it's a 4 out of 10 for me. Wow. I had a lot more fun than that. I I'm a I'm a six and a half. Like I'm, I'm a six. We don't do yeah. You got it. We don't do halves. <laughs> I'm a six. I'm a hard six. I had a lot of fun with it, and I would. I'd be happy to see more of these characters. Be happy to see what happens next. Whether it's, you know, to be honest, I don't really care about seeing them with other heroes. It worked for the MCU with Avengers. I don't think that's something every shared universe needs to do. I'd be happy just to see a straight sequel to this. One thing I did like about this film, I feel like, is the first superhero film in. Years that hasn't tried too hard to tie into anything else in story. Like the only viewing we get of Superman is at the end in a gag. You don't see his face, and you don't, like it's really a throwaway joke. As for the second post-credit scene, I don't give a shit because I don't know who that little caterpillar is. Oh, I didn't. Oh yeah, there was another one. Yeah, there was. That was even more uninteresting. Yeah, that's trying to build into something. That's how I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. And I, I actually don't mind that because that's the kind, like, when you watched Iron Man for the first time and at the end you see Samuel L. as Nick Fury, nobody knew who Nick Fury was. That was a throwaway for comic book fans. And this was exactly the same. If you're a reader of Shazam and you know who Mr. Caterpillar is. You know who I thought it was? Who? You know that little thing at the beginning of Labyrinth? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Little, the, the little word If she'd Labyrinth. have gone that way, <laughs> yeah. she'd have gone straight to that castle. <laughs> that would be a better shared universe. Yeah. The, yeah. vi- the villain is yeah. David Bowie's pants. <laughs> <laughs> also, just so listeners know, I, I did get an email from um, a dear listener this week who was saying that they had already listened to all of the episodes of movies they'd seen and they wanted to check if we had somewhere that we listed our scores. So that they would know what was actually worth watching to listen to the episodes of. Because, you know, we spoil shit. So just so you all know, we do have that on our website. If you go to our website and click on things we've watched, got a list of all the ratings we've given everything. Just an FYI. I found out about that like two weeks ago. I know you did. I thought it was, I thought it was nice work, Billy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what are we getting to next week? Well, it will have been a whole week since we watched a comic book film. Yeah, so, that's right. I guess we'll watch Hellboy. <laughs> Why not? Did you hear that this is getting an R rating in, in Oz? I was shocked. That he- must mean it's NC-17 in the States. You know, I did hear that. Do you know how I heard? I remember this, actually. <laughs> I told, told you at the me. cafe yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R rating here in Oz. Like, that's insane. Yeah. David Harbour's going to mess some stuff up. It's, it's got to be. Possibly with some language. Wow. I suspect that Hellboy's can have a potty mouth. (laughs) Well, I mean, for reference for all of our US listeners, even Deadpool is an R-rated here. So, like, to get an R rating here is pretty next level. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at WeWatchTheThing.com or WeWatchTheThing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at WeWatchTheThing. If you don't want to help support the show, you can do that at Patreon.com forward slash WeWatchTheThing, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie. Bye. I love that you don't even know what's on our website. Nah. I should have a page just of dick pics. You could do that. (laughs) I could. You wouldn't know. Things we've watched. (laughs)